You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Force Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. First, we'll get into a little Formula One, talk a little bit about the NFL and NBA, uh, and then an interesting trading car scenario. But first, Danny, into Formula One, where Formula One has wrapped up the 2023 season, and as we indicated, Max Verstappen uh, is the world champion for this year. Uh, repeating as champion. We knew Verstappen was the champion several races ago. This race, though, um, in Abu Dhabi, I watched, and I was more so intrigued by the Constructors' Cup uh, championship or the Constructors' Championship, uh, more so with the second and third place to see the battle uh, for second between Mercedes and Ferrari. Uh, Mercedes ends up taking it. And the reason why I was intrigued by this, Danny, is because the amount of money that uh, the team wins for a Constructors' Cup is amazing. Uh, Formula One does not report their pot of money, their prize money, but there are reports out there that since Red Bulls won the Constructors, uh, they would give about $140 million. That's Word on the street reporting. Uh, and then kind of goes on from there. And so I was just kind of intrigued by how all this kind of, you know, would play out. And we're talking about a matter of two, three points. Mercedes takes second place. Interesting season, Danny. Um, well, it was an interesting man. Red Bull just had the best car. The battle for second place was decided by three points in the Constructors' Cup. So, it, it yeah, it was... Very close, but this season was not an interesting one. Um, highlights for the season for me was the Vegas, was Miami, mm -hmm. Abu Dhabi um, for me. The other one uh, doesn't have as much prestige, if you will, even though a lot of people likes the likes the uh, Monaco well, Monaco one. I'm not particularly a fan of that track uh, personally. I like the tracks that they can overtake, and there's some more battle here and there. Mm -hmm. You can tell the speeds of the car, even on a straightaway, the pace of the car, things of that nature. I don't want to say congratulations to Max Verstappen, but I'll say it anyway. But, yeah, interesting Formula 1 season. What say you, Danny, about Formula 1? Yeah, the race this past weekend, it wasn't even close as far as the actual race was concerned. Verstappen, once he got into, you know, he was in the lead, and there was no one within, I think he finished like 17 seconds ahead of the next place, uh, second place, the Leclerc. And Leclerc and Russell, yeah, they were going back and forth, but Leclerc ended up taking the second spot. You think about last year and all the buildup and everything that was actually happening preseason, if you want to call it that, for Formula One, and how it actually ended up. Now that we're here in November, it was kind of lackluster, if you want to call it, yeah. because it was pure yeah. domination. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. like there wasn't even no one was touching you know red bull and max for stopping he was just completely dominating the circuit so i hope for next year you know once you know once that goes down again there's a little more competition and you look at some of the adjustments that need to be made from the let's take mercedes you know we're always cheering for sir lewis hamilton mm -hmm. and curious to see what he actually does as well and how his offseason what he plans to do but um, just want to see some adjustments and some closer races yeah uh, the venues are tight the venues mm -hmm. you know recency bias with las vegas was actually really nice the miami you know and just the fanfare and all the hoopla <laughs> around it so it was that was pretty cool but the actual racing it just need a little more competition uh, next year and dive down on to the NFL where interesting NFL weekend uh, obviously it was during Thanksgiving uh, and Green Bay Packers upset the Detroit Lions in Detroit for Thanksgiving 29-22 uh, Jordan Love had a, a another great game uh, now to say this, I think his previous game carried over to this one. Anyway, he had 268 yards for three touchdowns. I love the fact that they went down the field with the receivers. Uh, let the let the receivers run it out, man. You know, I mean, just like how you want to open up a car, a nice ride, and everything. You got to open up these receivers, man. Uh, I think they open up the playbook a little bit more here past few games. Christian Washington, five receptions, 94 yards, a touchdown. Very first play of the game, uh, they go deep. Christian Watson want to get him involved uh, a little bit more. Um, and so, yeah, man, Green Bay Packers, they go ahead and do it. Uh, defense shows up, uh, banged up, uh, but shows up nonetheless. Uh, Jared Goff still had over 300 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, but got sacked three times. So, I would say this, Danny, I think the Packers are starting to kind of figure things out here, even though they're banged up, especially at the running back core. Um, but they go ahead and get this victory. The other interesting game of the weekend was that of the New Orleans Saints going into Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta taking care of business 24-15. Desmond Ritter... I don't think is y'all's quarterback or the coach is. I, I don't. I don't know. There's something going on there. Uh, but Desmond Ritter throws two picks, two critical picks at that. Um, Noah's in, a, in the end zone near the end zone. Uh, red, well, both of them, red zone, end zone. So play calling. You have some great running backs in that of Bijan Robinson, uh, Algier. Uh, and then Patterson. And so they were running that, running this ball to death, man. And then they call a quarterback sneak a couple of times with Ritter having the ball. Why would you do that? You got three running backs. Go with your strength. Uh, Derek Carr throws for 304 yards, uh, no, no touchdowns and interception. Derek Carr was moving the ball, man. You, you all were getting eight up. And pick six happens uh, for you all. And I think that this kind of started things up uh, even more. Um, interesting rivalry game. 
uh, had a chance to experience it. Uh, I, I would just say the Falcons, I don't know, Daddy. I think you all just have an up and down season here, but I think the play calling can use a little bit more oomph. What say you about these two games or any other game this NFL weekend? First with the Packers and Lions. The Lions, now the last couple of weeks, have been starting off slow, if you've noticed. And they, they got lucky against Chicago a couple of weeks ago where they came back and won. And they couldn't come back on Green Bay. So that's something to watch for as you head into the playoff run. If they can't, you know, start off a little faster because you can't be getting in these deficits. And, and the Packers, man, they have these young, young talented receivers. You got to give them the ball. So, you know, they've been playing well. They have a key game this weekend against Kansas City at Lambeau, Sunday night, actually. And then as far as my boys are concerned, welcome to being an Atlanta Falcons fan. That Jesse Bates pick six was the key to that game um, because that jump started the defense and the defense kept the Saints out of the end zone. They gave up five field goals and Atlanta tried their best multiple times to try to blow that game. Uh, like you mentioned, Desmond Ritter, they're running the ball the whole way down right before the first half is about to end. And then it reminds you of when Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl where Marshawn, you have Marshawn Lynch to run the ball in against New England. They throw it. So what do the Falcons do? They run it all the way down. I mean, Cordero Patterson was in there yelling at people as he's trucking them. Yeah. Yeah, you, and right. then you decide to <laughs> throw the ball. Throw the ball out. That that's what they call him talking about, Danny. Because I'm like, what are you thinking? Because he got the crowd hype. Oh, it was you get through the TV. Nuts. It was so loud. It was nuts in there, man. And and so I was like, what kind of play calling is this? Feeding him the rock, man. Like I said, this one I'm giving to the defense, and then Bijan had two touchdowns. Um, I will give Ritter credit on that one throw he did to Bijan when they blitzed him for the touchdown. But you got to notice when Bijan is on a line or linebackers on Bijan, man, you talk yeah. about a mismatch. Yeah, throw them the ball, man. That's all day long. We luck up. We get this win. It was ugly. I'm curious to see what happens. They're for, and currently in first place, tied for first. They're five and six, <laughs> leading the division. And they have a big game in New York this weekend against the Jets. Now, the Jets offensively are terrible, but will our offense travel in the colder weather against the New York Jets? So that is not a gimme game at all, for, especially from a Falcons fan perspective. So I'm hoping we can get this win and get the 500 and move on and upward, onward and upward, as they say. Uh, another interesting game, Danny, was that of the Buffalo Bills against the Eagles and where, um, oh boy, Eagles come back with this win, man. 17-7 at half, uh, Buffalo's favor. Eagles fight back. Uh, sends, sends it to overtime. Wins it 37-34. Eagles go to 10-1, and 5-0 uh, at home. Jalen Hurts, 200 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, I'll just say this, Danny, in 65 yards rushing the ball. I'll just say this, Danny. The Eagles are tough. 
they're tough, they're gritty, they grind it out. Um, and I'll just say that to me that they're their favorite in the NFC. The only teams I see really doing something in the NFC against the Eagles, uh, as long as the Eagles remain healthy, would be that of San Francisco. Um, Who they play this weekend? I can see the Eagles losing that losing that one. I can. The reason why I say that, man, because the Eagles have had some tough games. You talk about this against Buffalo. They just went up against the Chiefs at Kansas City. They've had a tough stretch here. So if the Eagles lose this game against the 49ers, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I would like to see them kind of rested up and then playing against, you know, in the playoffs. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, Josh Allen turns the ball over again. Uh, one interception. He just continues to turn the ball over. We'll see, man. I think Buffalo, they're six and six, one of four away. I thought that they would be further ahead at this point instead of pretenders, but I'm starting to lean towards them being just straight up pretenders, man. I'm really starting to kind of lean that way, Danny. I mean, this seems like you put a lot of faith, if you will, and trust in the Buffalo Bills, and they always just come up short. So I don't know, man. I mean, right now, right now, they're like the 10th seed in the AFC, man. Unless they do something, because Miami's playing strong. I mean, Miami's, what, three games ahead of Buffalo right now. And so Buffalo's going to have to start making some strides here just to make the playoffs. So, again, I'm leaning towards them being some pretenders here, Dan. Um, what say you? Jalen Hurts started off really slow in this game. I'm talking, like, I think he had, like, 20-some yards in, like, the second quarter. He's one of those people, though, I mentioned, I think, last week. He doesn't get rattled. And all of a sudden, he just turns it on because he was it, – it just wasn't happening for him. Buffalo had total control of this game. In the second half and then overtime, they ended up losing. And this has been what's happened to them all year where they can't close. I think part of it, too, with Buffalo is – on the defensive side of the ball, they've lost. They have some key injuries, especially from their cornerbacks. Uh, Tre'Davious White is out, as, as an example. That that's hurting them. Uh, where they get into the these closing closing of the games, and they just can't make that defensive play. So Philly, like I said, I'm looking forward to that game against San Francisco. It should be a good game. Um, but like you said, Philly's had a tough stretch here, so we'll see what they can do this week. And now, Danny, on to the NBA and where the end-season tournament uh, finally goes into the knockout rounds. The Milwaukee Bucks prevail against the Miami Heat, 131-124, where Giannis uh, ends up with 33. Middleton had uh, an interesting game, 17. Lopez, 12. Damian Lillard, 32. And Beasley with 16. Uh, It's good to see the Milwaukee Bucks winning. It's good to see them scoring. Because uh, at one point I was like, man, we're not even scoring. But we're now, we're not up there. I'm still concerned. I'm concerned about this offense. We're supposed to be so uh, great in the pick and roll where we're barely doing pick and roll action, uh, or at least we're not doing it on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a problem. One thing that I did see more of in this game, 
I only I only caught like fourth quarter, mm-hmm. uh, but I did see the highlights too. A little bit more defensive action from Damian Lillard, um, just to him being a little bit more present. Uh, I don't know if it's because this is an in-season tournament game. You know, they got to him in the locker room during the film film session. Yeah. Or what? Something happened. Mm-hmm. Something clicking. I am liking Malik Beasley, though, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the fact that he can shoot, he can score, he can defend. I think that was a great pickup. Huge pickup. Middleton, 23 minutes, 17 points. He shows some flashes. I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad that the Achilles wasn't or didn't appear to be as bad because mm-hmm. um, he, he did play here. But he's starting to kind of turn it on a little bit, Danny. And maybe it's this in-season tournament game that is, you know, really kind of helping them, helping drive them to, you know, play. But good game for the Bucks. They've now go to face the New York Knicks in a knockout round. We'll see what happens. They have a great chance to face the Celtics. That would be a great one again, Celtics against Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals to yeah. determine who goes to Vegas. What say you, Danny, about these Milwaukee Bucks in this NBA? Jason, yeah, that last night, Dame hit a couple big threes in that fourth quarter that I would say sealed the game for Milwaukee. And you got to remember, this is Miami who wanted Dame Lillard, right? And he had something to prove, I think, last night. Jimmy Butler did not play. So that's uh, something else to take into consideration. But with Miami, they're always going to play the Bucks tough, man. They have the Bucks number. And as many weapons as the Bucks have, they still struggle with Miami. Just look at it this way. It's, it's a good game for them to win um, and move into this in-season tournament where, like you said, they face the New York Knicks. Starts on Monday. Uh, actually, the Celtics and Pacers start on Monday and the Pelicans and Kings are on Monday. And my Lakers, they're on Tuesday. There'll be the doubleheader. There'll be a second game against the Suns. <laughs> and the Lakers are undefeated in this in-season tournament. Outside of this in-season tournament, they ain't busting a grape. So they need to get it together after this tournament and figure out what's going on because the other night, Philadelphia destroyed them. Uh, and that's another team that you got to keep, keep your eye on is Philly. I was watching them the other night when they played L.A., and the ball movement and the way they're playing, if they can stay healthy, that'll be the key thing. You always know with Embiid. If they can stay healthy, man, they're going to be a tough out the way they're playing right now because they're playing with some confidence and they just move the ball. They're always, their offense is constant motion. And they know when to play through Embiid and when to play through Maxi and um, and do their thing. So looking forward to these next uh, this quarterfinal in-season tournament starting next week. Dave, what do you think about the in-season tournament? I'm curious to see from a viewership perspective, like compared to last year, like on a Tuesday night or a Friday night mm-hmm. when these games have been played, mm-hmm. how is that impacted, if at all? Everyone's talking about what happened last night with Boston and Chicago with the point differential in mm-hmm. order for Boston to get in. And they, they start uh, putting Andre Drummond on the line. 
because they, you know, it's like a hack, hack of drumming, as they call it, to get in. So that one, it sounded like that didn't go over so well with the Boston Celtics because uh, they felt some type of way based on their post-game press conference. But the games, you know, there are some energy to them, you know, versus a, it's hard to say because you try, you know, I'm looking at the other night when the Lakers played the Philadelphia 76ers, it was like they just showed up, stepped on the court and just said, get us off of here. Versus when they play in an in-season tournament, there's like some actual Anthony Davis is being aggressive, which you usually don't see until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So there's something to it, I think. Um, I think once we see it all the way through how this plays out, once they get through the final and how that looks, uh, we can have a better judgment. But I think it's been something at least interesting to talk about uh, during the regular season where usually everyone's complaining about everyone not trying. And now, Danny, on to our trading card scenario. Who you got? So tonight's scenario, Jason, is Travis Kelsey's 2013 score rookie card for Tony Gonzalez's 1997 downrush rookie card. couple quick bios. Travis Kelsey was the 63rd overall pick by the Kansas City Chiefs in the 2013 NFL Draft out of the University of Cincinnati. Eight-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, two Super Bowls, 878 receptions, 10,985 yards, and 74 touchdowns. Tony Gonzalez was the 13th overall pick by the Kansas City Chiefs in the 1997 NFL Draft out of Cal University. Hall of Famer, 14-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, 1,325 receptions, 15,127 yards, and 111 touchdowns. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Man, I've been going back and forth on this one, primarily because when you think about tight ends or the tight end position, you got in the modern age, the new age, if you will, you you have to put Tony Gonzalez in in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, one, I mean, of course, Antonio Gates, but Think about Tony Gonzalez, who played basketball at one point, used those skills to be a great Hall of Fame tight end. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, but he's in the Hall of Fame, which speaks volumes. After Tony Gonzalez and what he did on the field, you started to see a lot of other great tight ends come after him doing the same thing, using the same playbook, if you will, uh, that Tony Gonzalez did. The thing with Travis Kelsey is, I mean, you're, you're seeing him in all the commercials. You got the Super Bowl rings. I mean, he plays with an outstanding quarterback, a uh, dynamic quarterback. Well, Tony Gonzalez didn't have that. He didn't have a, 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 a dynamic quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes. But you've seen Travis Kelsey now enjoying life a little bit mm-hmm. uh, with regards to the commercials, with, regard, with regards to the person who he's dating right now. I can tell a story with both cards, but to pull in those non-football fans and telling that story, I would have to go with Travis Kelsey because of the commercials and because of who's he's engaged right now. 
Um, so I, in my portfolio, I'm going to go with the Super Bowl champion, soon to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, um, no doubt. So we'll go with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Jay, this one's very tough, man, because they're both very talented tight ends. Um, Tony Gonzalez, yeah, he was one of a kind, man, with the way he played the game. And, yeah, like you mentioned, he was a hooper. His athleticism, his hands, and you just – I think back because he went to Atlanta at the end of his career. And in that game where we were one game away from the Super Bowl, where we – one of the many games we blew, where he had his shot for that Super Bowl ring, which then you put him in a different echelon of NFL player. It's kind of like Charles Barkley. That's why I think Tony Gonzalez from an NBA perspective. Great player, just didn't get that ring. And then you look at Travis Kelsey. He's kind of taking that torch, so to speak, and he's been the most dominant tight end for the last, I don't know how many years. Mm -hmm. uh, no one's, you know, you got Mark Andrews and you know, like TJ Hawkinson and these guys, but they don't hold the light to Travis Kelsey and what he's been able to do but he's had Patrick Mahomes there and you have a dynamic offense and an offensive play caller from Andy Reid as well, where you look at Marty, Marty Schottenheimer was the coach with Tony Gonzalez for the uh, duration of his time in Kansas city. And it's just, I think if it had been switched around, Tony Gonzalez could have those two rings, if not more, honestly. Yeah, And so th that all being said, I think from a player perspective, Tony Gonzalez, you know, with him being a Falcon is, you know, that was my guy. But looking at this from a car perspective, I'm going to go with you because, you know, the Swifties are big on Travis Kelsey right now. And so his value has never been higher right now. <laughs> so now if... If anything were to change or he breaks up with Taylor Swift or whatever the case may be with their personal life, they're so they, they, let me get that Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> but right now, I'm playing, so off, I'm playing off value. And I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey's card as well. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is BackPorchTalkPodcast.com. You can also email us at BackPorchTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.